Welcome to worship with Houston and Killick and Kirk. As we gather from near and far, God dwells in all our houses. Wherever we are, God is among us. Wherever we are, God calls us around his word. Again, welcome everybody. As our minister Gary and his family take their well-deserved vacation, I have the pleasure and the honor to lead us in worship this Sunday and the next one. Let us worship God with words of Psalm 133. How good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. Our first hymn, 363, we have a gospel to proclaim.
Let us pray. God of all that is, God of life and love, we praise you. God of all that is, God of peace and light, we praise you. In your hand you hold creation, the power of storms, the gentleness of breath. Through love you set aside the power and became one of us. Through love you broke the barrier between heaven and earth. We praise you for your life with us, for your life in us. We celebrate the glory of your resurrection. We praise you, Lord. Living God, we come to you with busy hearts and minds. Oh God, forgive us when we cannot see you from our, all of our questions. When we struggle to believe out of uncertainty or fear. When we don't recognize you at work within us and in our world. Forgive us, God of mercy. Oh God, forgive us when we keep you to ourselves, unable to share your joy with others, preferring to stay in our comfort zones behind closed doors. Forgive us, God of mercy. Oh God, forgive us when we muddle up our priorities, misunderstand our purpose and potential, and do not listen to your calling. Forgive us, God of mercy. Lord of life, through your forgiveness we can come into your presence. Through your forgiveness you made us inhabitants of your kingdom. By your forgiveness we are united with all brothers and sisters of the world, praying what Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our intimations for today. The food bank is open on Tuesdays at the West Halls from 10 to 12 and from 7 to 8 p.m. Please use opportunity. As you know, Sunday services are restricted to 50 persons. There will be services each Sunday in the Kirk at 9.30 and 11, and booking is essential. Booking is possible through our Facebook or our website. And if you are not able to book through the Internet, please contact one of your elders. Booking will be available two weeks in advance. And in parallel, we continue to record our services here on this YouTube channel. The reading for today is from, chapter, uh, from Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked, for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, 
he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here, see my hands, and reach out your hand, and put it into my side, and stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Thanks be to God for his life-giving word. Amen. Thank you, Astrid, for the reading. Our next term, 432, How Often We Like Thomas. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you came into the uncertainties, fears and doubts of your disciples. 
like the disciples, we are here today. Open your word of love and hope to us. Amen. Last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we have celebrated Jesus' resurrection. The beginning of a new era, a new era of Jesus' ministry in our world. I wonder, why did Jesus choose such a bunch of people to meet him after his resurrection? Why did he even send them to become his messengers, his agents, those who left him in his darkest moments? Why did he not choose to come back in glory and with magnificent signs to establish God's kingdom in this world? Why did Jesus not do the job himself? When a TV scriptwriter would have presented the story as we read it in John's Gospel, most likely it would have been turned down. Not realistic enough, not impressive enough. He would have been asked that the last scene of the movie should show Jesus' great victory over death. It should show how the disciples march on in confidence to spread the gospel and change the world. Well, you could also say in a lot of Hollywood movies there is this theme that an underdog raises to bravery and plays a key role in saving the world. Is it not something similar here? Think about the famous movie, Independence Day. An alien superior species threatens to conquer the world. Despite all the military power of the US, defeat is inevitable. At the end, only the heroic sacrifice of a slazy, drunken, old Vietnam veteran saves Earth and humanity from total destructions. And this movie was a blockbuster. This movie may stand for our longing for salvation. Sometimes it's, something is wrong in this world. There's a threat. The movie shows the humans can prevail against all odds, even against evil from outer space. Everyone can become a hero. And now we have the disciples. They were scared. They even locked themselves away in a room to be safe. Jesus is dead. His great mission ended. All for nothing, even less they had before when they were fishermen with their families. What was their state of mind? What did they expect? Did they make plans for the future? Most likely they were confused. The morning of the same day, as we read in the passage before, Peter and another disciple went with Mary to the tomb and found it empty. Wow, what would this mean? What a shock! The two disciples immediately returned to the city and only Mary remained in the tomb, alone. There, Mary met Jesus and Jesus spoke with her. Mary was overwhelmed by joy and we can imagine how she ran back to the disciples to tell them. But how do we find the disciples? They locked themselves away, scared, unsure. Did they even listen to Mary? And if so, it seems they did not believe her. Trusting that Jesus is alive, just by hearsay, even if it's from Jesus' mother, this is not good enough. Maybe Mary is just an over-emotional woman. I can imagine the disciples in this locked room. They do not argue among each other. We read nothing about a discussion. There is no blaming that they even left Jesus alone. And for sure, Peter had all reasons to agonize about his betrayal. They even do not dispute what they should do next. They were just discover, just together. That's all. 
the end of the great Jesus journey with Jesus. They just were together. That was all. Into this silence Jesus appeared, but we read nothing how it happened. No light, no thunder. Jesus just stood among them. No preaching, no teaching, no speech. Just peace be with you. And all changed. The disciples were overwhelmed by joy. No doubt anymore. Jesus is alive. But one was missing, Thomas. He was not among the disciples that evening. He did not see Jesus. He wants to have proof. He wants to touch Jesus. He could not believe his closest friends. They spent years together traveling with Jesus through Israel, being witnesses that Jesus fed thousands and with only five bread and fish, that he helped heal the lame, made blind see again, and even brought Lazarus back to life. But trusting that Jesus is alive, just from hearsay, that was not good enough for Thomas. Maybe they were just a bunch of over-emotional people. But they stayed together the whole week long. The believers and the doubters stayed together. And Jesus came again, just for Thomas. Just, Jesus did not blame Thomas for his doubts. Jesus did not blame the other disciples that they failed to make Thomas believe. Jesus offered Thomas what he was longing for, what Thomas needed to believe. Put your finger here, seal my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Jesus did for Thomas what he did for Mary and the other disciples. He has nothing heroic in our story. Mary, the disciples, Thomas, they all struggled. They did not become heroes. As a script for a movie, it would not become a blockbuster. But why did John wrote this down in his gospel? Why are we telling the story again and again? Maybe because it's our story? It is a story of our lives. Our experiences of locked doors. Not only the corona crisis at the doors of shops and restaurants are literally closed and we are told to stay at home. Or locked doors as a metaphor that we need to make decisions and shy away from it because we do not know what is the right decision. Maybe conflict within our families, quarrel among friends, something which needs to be solved, but how? Maybe a job change, but how to deal with uncertainties? We are asking what will be next? How will doors open again? How will my future look like? Who to trust? What is hearsay? And what is real help? It is a story of our faith. Oh, how we would love to have strong faith. How would we love to reach out to Jesus and really touch him. When we are honest to ourselves, we all have our doubts. We all struggle to tell God's good news in our communities. Why are people not listening to us? And even when they are listening, why can we not make them believe? Our doors are locked. We are locked in with our shortcomings, our mistakes, our feelings, our hurt. Our experience of loss, bereavement, failure lock up our memories, hamper us from taking the next step. We cannot get out of our locked room. But we are in good company. We just joined Mary and the disciples in the locked room. And fortunately, we are not in a Hollywood movie. 
Jesus is not a Hollywood hero who steps in, takes over the plot and sorts out the mess within the last few minutes before the end and the movie's credentials. Jesus' story with Mary and the disciples started already years ago. This is not the end. Mary and the disciples experience that Jesus heals, that Jesus sets people free. And now Jesus enters through locked doors. Jesus among them. Jesus loved them so much. Jesus entrusts them to go and be the first witnesses of the resurrection. Jesus promised them his peace and his guidance through the Holy Spirit. Not an end. Jesus' journey with Mary and the disciples continues. Our story with Jesus is not a story of heroes either. Each of us has her or his individual story of faith with its highs and lows, with its doubts and celebrations. We may come from different ways of life, old or young, strong or weak, uncertain or full of expectation, confident or doubting. And yet we worship together. Let us share our stories with each other. Let us share our stories of struggle, our stories of failure, our stories of joy, our stories of hope. Let us share that Jesus is among us, that Jesus gives us his peace. Let us open our doors, let Jesus open our doors, the one who sends us into the world to spread faith and hope. Let us walk forward in faith. Amen. Normally, at this moment in the service, we uplift the offering. You can continue to support the life and the work of the church by giving on the website, using our weekly offering tab, or by setting up a standing order. Thank you for your continued support of the church. In our prayer, we now want to dedicate ourselves. Let us pray. God, creator, maker of all things in heaven and on earth, we give thanks for every blessing life brings. In gratitude, we offer back to you our time, our talents, our gifts, that they may be used in the service of your kingdom. Living God, we live in a world of uncertainties where many doubts. We pray today for those who doubt because no one has ever shown them the love of Jesus. Lord, have mercy on each of one. We pray for those who suffer because they have been hurt or let down by others or have never learned to trust. Lord, have mercy on each of one. We pray for those who struggle because war or natural disasters has destroyed their homes and their livelihoods. Lord, have mercy on each of one. We pray for those who are in darkness because they are in the dark night of illness or grief. Lord, have mercy on each one. Lord, we pray for our church. Breathe your Holy Spirit into each of us that we become a beacon for your resurrecting life. And we pray with great thanks for our minister Gary and the family. Give them rest and joy and energize them. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son, our brother. Amen. Our last hymn is 237, Look Forward in Faith.
as we go now into the coming week, let us remember that Jesus stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore.